My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. My name is Sean Jordan, and I'm with my guest, Danny Goldhammer, who had a uh, fun experience bagging a 200-inch buck, and he, uh, after having a stroke, and when did you start uh, hunting specifically? Um, I started hunting when I was in um, middle school. Um, I got into it. One of my friends at school, his name is Mike. I'm still hunting with him today. He hunted with his dad and stuff, and so uh, they took me along, and um, I, you know, I instantly fell in love with it, and um, been hunting every day since. And uh, after a couple of years of hunting with them, and then um, you know, I started hunting at my family's place, and uh, you know, I've been hunting there ever since as well. So I was probably, I guess, I don't know, put an age on it. I was probably thirteen, first time I went hunting. So. Yeah, like I said, yeah. going ever since. Uh, you get anything other than deer out there at your family's place? Yeah, uh, we turkey hunts, um, deer hunts, squirrel, rabbits, dove. Um, you know, all pretty much yeah. anything that's in season, and we got the time to go down and try to get some. We do. That's actually cool. Now, uh, where are you exactly based out of? Uh, I live in Kansas City, Missouri. Hmm. And then our uh, our family farms in the middle of Missouri. I, I think I've been to Missouri one time back when I was in middle school. For oh yeah, yeah, St. Louis, Missouri. We went okay. there for the arch and everything yeah. for a day and a half. So that's cool. It was fun. Yeah. So at least I get to say I've been there before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now um, about the buck, you were chasing him. We were talking previously about you were chasing him for three years prior to that. Yeah. Yeah. We had him on camera um, three years prior. Uh, and we, his name, we called him Tiny Ten. Um, he, he got his name because when he was two and a half years old, he had a little tiny 10 point rack um, and, you know, a little body. We, we, and so I thought, you know, so we named him Tiny Ten and thought that was a cool name. And then um, that was the, and then he turned three and a half and his three and a half year old rack he had a uh probably 150 inch 10 point rack on him um maybe a little more he was real nice um and that was that whole thing about whether we shoot him or not um my buddy tyler that hunts down there quite a bit and um he's killed quite a few nice deer uh he had him in bow range at i don't know what it was 10 or 15 yards uh, when he was three and a half and, and didn't shoot him um and then i had him a couple times I was gun hunting, I saw him. The first time I couldn't get a shot at him, he uh, outsmarted me. I was going to shoot him at that point when I did see him. But um, anyways, he was up on a bluff, and I was coming down to this bottom, and I was going to drive up that way. And um, he stood up, and I saw this light from underneath this fallen tree, you know. And um, all I could see was his legs and then half his rack because his branch came out of this fallen tree and was covering his face. And so... I saw it was him with half his rack and I was like, I wondering what he was doing there. I couldn't believe he was laying up on that hill and that bluff like that. And anyways, I thought I'll just roll forward a little bit and he'll move and I'll be able to get a shot. And as soon as I even flinched, he took off and went dead away from me. So I saw him bound one time and 
never saw him again and went up to the stand that, uh, you know, after he ran off, I went up and sat in that stand. And then I realized where I was sitting was probably 150 yards. Um, let's see what direction would that be east of where he was. And the wind was blowing out of the east. So the wind was blowing in my face. And then I realized that field I was hunting where he was sitting, he could scent check that whole field, all those woods. And then he was overlooking that whole bottom as well. So where he was sitting, he was covering hundreds of acres, you know, and that's when I realized, holy cow, this guy's smarter than I thought. And, uh, yeah, he's big and it's going to be really hard to get him. And then the rest of that year I hunted him, I don't know, probably 20 more times and never did see him on the hoof again. Um, but it was crazy. I'd go sit in a stand and hunt and I'd get down and then I'd check the cameras the next day and he would have been, he was a hundred yards away from me at a camera, you know, that same time I was sitting in the tree hunting, never saw him, heard him or nothing. And, um, wow. found his shed actually, um, his two and a half year old shed, which was cool. His left side, he had already started to grow some of that weird stuff out. Not very much, just barely, but, um, yeah. it was, uh, it was pretty neat. And so, yeah, so then I had my stroke, um, and that was in February of 21. Um, I had it from COVID. I guess it, I had some, it shrunk my arteries down a little bit. Um, had this weird, you know, I just wasn't getting any blood flow for a while there to extremities and stuff. And, um, I knew something weird was going on. Um, I stayed home my 14 days did my quarantine, you know, the whole nine yards. I wasn't really that sick. I just couldn't taste and smell and I was tired. Um, so I was like, okay, this isn't that bad. But then after my 14 days was up and I went back to work and was back to trying to get to normal, um, I still had that, you know, my circulation was terrible and I just had no blood flow and trying to figure out what's going on. And then finally, about a week and a half, two weeks later, um, I know, you know, you're not supposed to Google things and all that stuff, but COVID was new. And so my wife's a nurse and I used to be a paramedic. So I, I, and so I shouldn't have Googled anyways, but I did. And it said, I read this article and it said, if you're between the ages of like 30 and 40 or, you know, 35, 45, whatever it was, um, and you have all these symptoms, you have COVID, it, it, it didn't even say you might, it said like, you will have, you know, a stroke, a heart attack, a PE. Um, it all just depends on where the blood clot stops and all this stuff. And I was like, what the heck? And so called my wife in, and this was on a Friday night, um, called my wife in, had her read this. I said, read this, you know, and she reads it and she goes, oh my gosh, this is you, you know, that's scary. And I said, yeah. And then the next day I had a stroke. Ooh. So, yeah. No, no, me. I, I'm lucky I didn't have that because I got a heart murmur and yeah. saw a hole in my heart. So that would have been fun. Yeah. And then <laughs> that that would have not been very fun for me. I would no. have been like, nope, I feel like this. We're going to the hospital now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. And that's what, that's what happened once, uh, once I had the stroke and I realized what was going on, um, you know, my, my whole right side of my body went numb instantly. Um, like if you just draw a line down the middle of your body, the whole entire right side, head to toe, felt like, you know, if you fall asleep on your arm and it tingles, yeah. my whole entire right side felt like that instantly. And then I thought, oh my gosh, this is it. I think I'm having a stroke. So called my wife in and said, hey, you know, uh, I'm having a stroke. She said when she came in the room, I was telling her the sky is green or something and, you know, jumbling a bunch of weird stuff. And so she was... Like, you know, are you kidding me? And anyways, then I could start to talk a little more, you know, and I told her my left side's numb. And 
So she's checking my left side and I was yelling at her saying, no, my left side. And she's checking it again. And then the third time I got mad, you know, I was like, are you an idiot? You know, I'm like, I told you my left side. And she's like, this is your left side. And then I realized I got scared. I realized I don't even know my right from left anymore. You know what I mean? I was telling her my left sides and I was actually my right side. I couldn't even figure out what that was. And then, um, I said, yeah, we need, you need to get me to the hospital. And she's like, yeah, I think so. So she was going to call an ambulance and I told her no, cause I didn't want to, um, take the time I knew, you know, my brain's dying and I needed to go like right now. I didn't want to wait for the 911 call and you know, that whole process. And I know I was a firefighter paramedic, so probably should have called 911 and let them do their job, but I just wanted to go now. And so, yeah. Uh, rational bed, thought do what rational thought get it gets thrown out the window when yeah pan- yeah i was in yeah. panic mode i think but yeah um, tried to stand up you know and i couldn't stand up because my right leg didn't work and so that was frustrating and i'm sure i was yelling at her to get me to you know just get me in the car and so she had to said she had to pick me up over her uh you know she put me over her shoulder she's shorter than i am by quite a bit and then dragged me to the car and threw me in the car and then ran across the street and got our neighbors and luckily they decided they'd come over and help out you know and watch the kids so she could get me to the, <laughs> get me yeah. to the hospital so they came over and did that and she took me to the first hospital and uh i thought you know from my brief medical stint i thought you know i just need to get tpa which is the drug they give you to bust up clots and uh i figured if i got that i'd be fine no big deal let's just get that done and anyways long story short when i got to that hospital and they did the scans. Um, they thought I had actually had a stroke the day before because I was real dizzy and sick. Um, I just didn't have any of the one-sided weakness or anything. So they didn't want to give me the TPA and I had a few clots going on, um, and a full occlusion of my vertebral artery in my neck as well. So they transported me by ambulance to a different hospital that could go in through my groin and they went up and pulled the clots out of my head. Wow. Yeah. Called clot retrieval. So Anyways, from start to finish, um, from when my right side went numb till they pulled the clots out of my head was only an hour and a half. So that Holy. included, yeah, a couple CTs and all kinds of stuff in the meantime, but in an ambulance ride and all kinds. Of, so they did a pretty good job and luckily um, got it out in a hurry. Yeah, it looks that way. It, that many clots in your head. Yeah, I had two. I think I had the two small ones, um, you know, up more in the front area up the top. And then my biggest one was in the back left part. Um, and that was the, that was the one that ha- I had the most deficits from. That was my vision. Um, I think my memory one was the one up here, but this was my vision and sensory stuff. So I had like just weird Oof. sensations. If I bend over, you know, I'd pa- I, I wouldn't pass out, but I just would be so dizzy. I, literally would put me in bed for two days. I couldn't even until my eyes and brain could like realign. I couldn't even hardly move or walk. It was terrible. Um, wow. And they had to enter in through the groin to get all the way up there. Yeah. And actually they're, I mean, they saved my life. Uh, they, when they went in the first time they hit that occluded artery in my neck still that had a, was fully occluded and they couldn't get through it. So they had to go all the way back out and then back in and go up the other side and go around to get it out. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So that, crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd imagine and it affecting so many parts of your brain because it wasn't just one major clot. It was uh-huh. multiple clots. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I, I woke up in the ICU, um, 
I had no idea what happened. I had my, my short-term memory was affected. Um, so every, every day I woke up in the hospital, they had to tell me I had a stroke. I didn't know I would get furiously mad, apparently, um, scream at the nurses. I wasn't very nice, I guess. And, uh, call my wife and, you know, have her have to come. She'd have to call me down and they were like, yeah, please call your wife, you know? And I call her and I'd say, they, they told me I had a stroke, you know? And she's like, you did. We go through this every time, every day. You'll be all right. You know, it's fine. And I'm like, I'm blind. I can't see it. You know? And she's like, I know you had a stroke. So that went on for, um, I don't know how many days that went on for seven or eight where I literally, every time I woke up, I didn't remember anything. Wow. Um, and then after I got home, I think it was the second morning I woke up when I was at home and I woke up and realized I had a stroke and I was pretty excited because I actually remembered that right. why I had the problems I had because every morning I wake up and I'm like, well, I can't see over here. What's up with that? You know? And then I'm like, oh, I have, what is wrong with me? And then, well, you had a stroke. Yeah. No, I didn't get me out of here. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, here, have a uh, board. Oh, he's going to go to bed. Let's put the board up with all the pictures and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. My kids called me Dory for a while and <laughs> all that yeah. stuff. It was like 51st dates there for, for, oh, for a short yeah. time. Yeah. But uh, lucky for me, I mean, they, they put me on blood thinners, obviously, right away. And uh, the two smaller ones that they couldn't pull out, they stayed up there for a little bit, I guess. Those dissolved or went away with the thinners. And uh, that's what my memory came back probably, oh boy, maybe a month in a half or so into therapy, um, one of my sessions, I was in therapy every day from eight or nine in the morning till three in the afternoon, Monday through Friday. Um, I had wow. like, um, occupational therapy and physical therapy. Um, what was the other one now? Oh, gosh. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I did that every day for a while. And um, then I had to write all my classes down because, you know, every hour I'd go to a different one and stuff. And I couldn't remember where I was supposed to go to the next one. And then about a month and a half in one day, the teacher asked me, you know, my therapist teacher, felt like I was in school again. They said, uh, where are you going right. next? And I could tell them and I remembered and I was like, holy cow. And so anyways, after that, it eventually started just getting better. And I could remember more and more after that. I bet you after you fully recovered, you sent a lot of thank you notes and sorries. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I, it was hard for me. Even now it's hard for me even to, to thank the people. It's just, yeah, it yeah. is so much. And yeah, it's just crazy that yeah. I'm as lucky as I am to be as recovered as I am. Yeah. That's your, you, uh, apologize to the wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we joke i told her that was her chance right there i mean i knew i was having a stroke so did she i was like you screwed up because all you had to do is you know you lay me in bed and i'm dead in the morning and they do an autopsy you know he had a stroke you never have to deal with me again and you to <laughs> day, so now you're stuck with me for right you know another 60 80 years whatever <laughs> bet you the anniversary gifts are a lot better now yeah <laughs> like thank you sorry yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, I've been married to my wife for this will be ten years. So yeah, okay, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. How long have you been married to your wife for? Uh, we are going on year number eight. Now I did have a stroke and I do have memory issues, so it could be nine. Yeah, no, <laughs> I I'm fairly confident it's eight. Now uh, when you were. Uh, oh. 
Yeah, go ahead. So I think we've been together uh, and married nine or eight. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's still an achievement in my opinion. So yeah, <laughs> I know a person that, well, they were married for 10 years and I think they lasted like three more. And it's like, wow. Uh-huh. I'm, and it's like you you got to fight to keep your mar- keep a marriage going. So yeah. That's what I like. Now after your uh stroke and recovery, did you try and go out hunting that that very year? Yeah, I did. So, believe it or not, so my I, like I said my stroke was in February. Um and then my friend was gracious enough to drag me down and take me spring turkey hunting. Um I don't remember too much of it um at all to be honest with you uh i don't i think we i think he drove me you know and then we just walked a little bit and sat down in the woods yeah. there and um obviously I, I we didn't get a turkey or anything and i couldn't even shoot the shotgun um i was on a at the time i was on a 10 pound weight restriction and i still yeah. had a clot in my neck and so if i shot anything or something jolted me and that clot busted loose you know they're worried i'd have another stroke or whatever so um I did go, but I basically just went. I think they just took me out to, you know, so I could go out and sit in the woods. So um, we did that. He took me a couple times. Um, but, yeah, so I didn't just get more. Rel- just to relax in the woods. Yeah, basically. exactly. Just to get me out there and, yeah, clear my mind and, you know, remember what I'm working hard for every day to get better so I could do that stuff again on my own. Yeah. Now, you still said – you had that cl- big clot in your neck. It- yeah. Yeah. I had a, the, my vertebral artery, which, um, the right side. So it's two arteries that kind of come into one into your brain. And my yep. right one <clears throat> had a, a full occlusion, a, a clot completely, um, occluded that one, blocked it off. Oh, uh, so and then, and they couldn't get it out or no, it was attached to my artery walls, I guess, too strongly. They tried and they couldn't. Um, without so risk tearing basically. Yeah. It just had to, uh, go away over time, hopefully. And it did. So I, I was on, uh, I guess a stronger blood thinner at first for, for first, like, I don't know, seven or eight months. And then, uh, I had another CT and, uh, MRI and all that stuff with contrast, you know, after about a year or so, and, uh, it was gone. So, well, did you, other than the Turkey, did, were you able to go out at all for the fall seasons? Yeah. So the fall seasons, that's when I ended up going out deer hunting again. Um, so by now I am doing a lot better. Um, I am trying to stay up a little later. Um, you know, for that first six, seven, eight months, I would always be in bed early, like, you know, anywhere from five thirty to seven o'clock at night, I was out in bed. I was just dead and tired. My brain hurt. So, um, at this point I'm feeling better and I, I'm trying to be out a little bit later. Uh, I haven't really been out in the dark too much. Um, that's the other lasting issue I have is just being able to see in the dark. Um, I just have a hard time with it. Um, can't, you know, depth and perceptions and seeing stuff just doesn't, uh, work out that well. Um, it is getting better though. Like now I can see way better than I could even in November. So that's all doing better. Um, back to that CT real quick. So my, dead spot in my brain that affected my vision and stuff. When they did that last one after a year, I, my neurons and stuff were like reconnecting around it. So, um, that's how I can drive again and do all that stuff. Um, my brain is actually healing itself somehow. So, um, that was good, but yeah, yeah, so 
yeah, that same buddy took me out. Um, we got pictures of Tiny Tin again. Um, so this was going on year number four. And uh, he uh, started growing. When he first started growing his antlers, he just had giant, you know, softball things coming out of his head. And the left side one, you could tell, was going to be something special just because it had so many different weird things coming out. It didn't look like a normal antler coming out. Um, and then sure enough, you know, week after week and month after month, he just kept getting bigger and bigger and more and more crazy stuff. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I've, I've got to be able to go hunt this dude. And that was my <laughs> ultimate goal. I, in the hospital, my wife, after, um, I woke up and was you know able to talk to her and stuff again, one of the days. And, uh, one of my best friends, Mark, who's also a big hunter was in the room with us. And she, she said, uh, when you almost died, what did you, you know, what do you think? Like, what are you thinking about? You know, what's something you wanted to do? Like, like what went through your mind? And of course me and I had my kids and my family and everything. And the first thing I said is I want to shoot a deer that scores like, you know, over 170. She's like, seriously. I'm like, yeah, for some reason that's like, that's one of the things I want to do before I die. And I almost died. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I haven't done that yet. You know, I, I want to do that's like one of my life goals. So anyways, that's, yeah. The day after, you know, as soon as I woke up and was able to think, um, that's the first thing I thought about was trying to, trying to get that deer. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, known a couple of people who've, uh, their parents or whatnot go through a surgery. Actually, my dad had a heart attack and the first thing, uh, they ask him, he's asking, what can I do to stop the heart attack? Cause he's a heavy smoker. Mm-hmm. and you know the doctors listen off all these things but he says smoking stop smoking it's going to be so if i stop all these other things i can still smoke right no no stop smoking that's <laughs> the thing that caused your heart attack and yeah. he was just so adamant and he has had four heart attacks now and he still hasn't stopped smoking so oh wow and he's 60 he's 29 years older than me so okay 65 so he'll be 67 okay. this year uh, 66 this year yeah i can't yep. do math today it's gotta be my teeth <laughs> but yeah gotta love uh poor dental decisions over the past 20 years <laughs> <laughs> yeah getting uh scheduled for my dental visit i know we're getting off topic but i was get, getting scheduled for my dental vi- visit for my surgery on my molars because they're too close to nervous systems and too yeah. deep roots. And they called up to the place to do it. And they had already had me on their file from almost 20 years ago when I had my wisdom teeth removed. Oh, wow. When I was 17. Yeah. <laughs> so that was weird. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, anyway. yep. yeah uh, windows are down in the car. And it's raining. Oh, <laughs> that's never a good combo. No, it's not. But so back to the buck that you were going after. Yeah. So uh, anyways, bow season came around and then uh, my buddy, uh, my buddy Mark and my buddy Tyler, um, you know, they're great friends of mine, great hunters too and stuff, and uh, wanted me to hunt. My wife, my mom, my whole family, everybody was super supportive and knew that I've been talking about this deer for three years, you know, knew how much it meant to me before the stroke, and then all that happened, and I was actually able to do it, so they all helped out a ton, and, uh, you know, my mom would help watch the kids and my wife, 
uh, <laughs> freeing me up enough to allow me to get away from the family all those nights and be able to go down there. Like I said, my buddy Mark and Tyler would drive me down there because I couldn't drive in the dark. Um, and, or probably, you know, that drive down there, hunt, and then try to drive back, whatever. It just wasn't, wasn't in my car. So, uh, they took me down and I'd bow hunt. And one of the times I went down there, I was all set up and it was actually kind of early. Um, wasn't expecting to see anything. And then, uh, a big, huge 10-pointer ran across the field, probably 60 yards in front of me. Right behind him was Tiny Tim. And uh, I was uh, a little bit in shock. I didn't think I was going to see you know, him at all. And then to see him there at 60 yards running across the field, and it was like, at, I think, at 4. And at that time, daylight savings hadn't happened yet. It still didn't even get dark till, you know, 6 or 7 o'clock. So I was just in shock. Um Anyways, got all excited and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I, he ran down the woods with that other buck. And the rest of the evening I saw a few small deer, but the neighbor actually was on his four wheeler and that's what scared them across. They were over his holler and he came down after they ran away, you know, ran down to our holler. He, uh, about three minutes later, here he comes on his four wheeler and driving down and around by the fence and then headed back off again. But anyways, I sat there the rest of the night and right before dark, <clears throat> this little buck comes out, a little fork and. It's 30 yards from me, and um, he's looking back in the woods, and I hear something else, and that big, huge 10-pointer comes out, and uh, he's probably a 150s 10. He's really nice, uh, and he starts messing around with this little fork, and they're, you know, place barring or something, and I thought, oh, my gosh, and I thought if he's out here and, you know, Tiny 10 hears him fighting this other one, you know, my brain's going a million miles an hour. I, I just thought he was going to be with him, and he was going to come out, and so I was searching. It was just probably 15 minutes before dark, and um, – you know, I was looking like crazy and I never did. He never did come back out with that other one. But uh, that big 10 was 10 yards in front of me, just standing there for 10 minutes at one point. I thought, oh, my gosh. And I wanted to shoot him, too, but I didn't. And uh, anyway, so that was the that was the encounter I had with him during bow season. Um, the rest of the season I saw, you know, normal deer that we had, you know, nice ones and everything else. A couple of shooters, but just not I just I was only after him. I didn't. I didn't care what else came by. Um, yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to shoot that deer. So uh, that roll, bow season happened. And then um, gun season was, was about to be opening weekend. And on we have the cameras that you know send the picture to your cell phone. And uh, we sent one of the cameras up on video over this giant scrape in the field where I was hunting where I saw him cross. And... Uh, on Wednesday before gun season, he was at that scrape and making it, you know, hitting that scrape. And it was awesome. He got, he was on video like four times, rubbing his antlers in the trees, making the scrape the whole nine yards. It was really cool. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's on the farm again. So we packed up and headed down the very next day, which was obviously Thursday before gun season and bow hunted. My buddy, uh, Mike and Kyle and Tyler all came down with me. Um, at this point, I'm definitely still on the 10-pound uh, weight limit. Um, and the four of us have hunted together for years and years. So, uh, you know, it wasn't like they were coming because of that. But we were all down there together, and they had to help me just in case I did get him. I couldn't even pick up his Pull head. Him out. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And my dad was down there and everything. So we were all ready just in case. But we hunted, bow hunted Thursday, Friday. Everybody did. And um, I did not see him. I don't think... Any of the other guys saw him Thursday or Friday. We all saw a lot of 
nice to hear a lot of good movement. Um, we were feeling super great about the weekend. Um, the weather was pretty good. Uh, so we were all extremely confident going into Saturday morning in, um, you know, gun season. And their whole goal was to try to get me on this deer, um, somehow in some way and see if we could get it done. And, uh, but you know how that goes. You, you're, you know, you plan for all this stuff. And of course it never, ever, ever happens type thing. So anyways, but we were down there just to have a good time and spend time together. And if it did happen, that was just going to be a bonus. And, um, we went out yeah. Saturday morning and, um, my buddy Mike was sitting with me in a buddy stand, um, which I know I probably shouldn't have been in a stand, but it was a safe one, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> ladder up and everything, not, nothing crazy or any, and not very high off the ground. Um, but anyways, and then <clears throat> Kyle was down in this holler and Tyler was over by the barn. Um, this other barn over there where he likes to hunt. He's shot a lot of big deer over there. And, uh, anyways, we saw some deer moving this and that. And then Tyler shoots at, I don't know what time it was now. I can't remember eight o'clock or something. And we figured he'd kill the giant because every time that dude pulls the trigger down there, something huge is dead. But, nice. uh, he texted and said he shot a coyote and we were like, Oh man. <laughs> so anytime we're down there and we see a coyote, we always shoot it. Um, you know, the cows are there and stuff and they're always coyotes are always messing everything up. So he shot it yeah. and, uh, he is texting. He said, yeah, after about 30 minutes that morning, it was freezing cold and the four wheeler battery was dead. The buggy battery was dead. Um, mm. so nothing really ran when we got there. Um, so he said, I'm going to get down and go back to the house and see if I can fix start fixing some of this stuff and get it going or whatever and so we said okay cool and about 10 minutes later he texts again and he said hey uh i'm kneeling over this coyote at the bottom of the tree and tiny tin is chasing the doe in the holler and i was i text back and i was like dude you're joking you know like don't mess with me or whatever and he's like no i'm dead serious he's he's standing in the woods like chasing this doe around and i was like oh my gosh so uh i said i'm gonna get down i'm gonna run fast as I could possibly get to, you know, the road, come all the way up the road, jump in the woods down behind the bar and try to get where Tyler was at. And, uh, so anyways, that was plan a, and so mm. I started that plan. Me and Mike got down, started walking, um, and get all the way down the end of the field. And he texted back again and said, he doesn't see me more. He ran down into the holler. So we then turned and went down and sat in the holler and then, uh, we didn't ever see him. Um, he didn't see him again either. Um, and then, I don't know, I think we sat there maybe 10 or 15 minutes and then Tyler texted again and said that he was chasing that doe and that doe ran up past him again. and was headed down the opposite end of that, uh, giant hauler it was up on the other end of the bl uh, bluff or um, the other end of the ridge and was headed down. And so I thought, okay, I think my only chance is if I'm lucky enough, I got to come all the way back down and all the way down to this bottom and then walk up this, you know, huge steep bluff. And maybe he'll be bedded down there because he liked to bed on those ends of those bluffs like I was telling you about earlier. Yeah. And wind everything, and he could see the bottom fields and all that. So I was hoping maybe he was going to do that. But the fact he was with the doe was the whole thing that who knows what he's going to do with her, you know. Yeah. So anyways, I just thought I'm going to do it and see if I can cut him off. And I went down there and made my way all the way up and around. And by the time I get up there, I was winded and gas and thought, oh, my Lord, and I'm walking like two steps at a time and searching the woods with my scope. And, um, I just happened to catch a glance of a Brown, you know, deer, I see his rear end and he just, it, it, it beds down. And 
all I could see is a rear end. And I thought, okay, you know, it looked like a decent sized rear end of a deer. I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, that ought to be all right. And I, I was maybe thinking that does with him. So I didn't want her to see me because he is probably 80 yards ish away from me. Um, uh, and I didn't ever see her or nothing. So I thought, okay. And I couldn't see his head. And so I started trying to creep along a little bit and I moved about two feet forward and I could see the same thing in my scope. I saw when he was up on that bluff, that time when that tree was in the way he turned, wow. and was, he was looking and he was bedded down and I could see half his face again, cause there was this tree in the way. And so I, again, I see half his face in this giant rack on one side and then it all just hit me and I, oh my gosh, I started, I started having a heart arrhythmia. I thought I was going to throw up. I thought I was going to pass. Ooh. I thought I was going to have another stroke I, because I thought of that time when I blew it and then here he is bedded down and I didn't have a shot, by the way. I mean, I had a this little bitty window to try to get him through and at that point, the way he was bedded and faced, I, I didn't have a shot at all. So um, I literally had to just sit down and face away from him and calm myself down enough to where I could try to you know, stand back up and see if I could, you know, be calm enough to try to get a shot. And then after I did that, I sat down and just was breathing and, you know, trying to focus on not passing out. Uh, all of a sudden I hear this running through the woods coming from his direction. And I thought, Oh no. And, um, I couldn't see it cause there was some buck rush, a line of it up in the woods there. Um, and he was just on the other side of it and it was running and I thought, Oh my gosh, there he goes, you know, and, he met up with these other does and they all took off behind me and went over the bluff and never to be seen again. And I didn't know if it was him or not. I knew it was a nice buck. I saw a big buck, you know, that's what was running there. And so obviously I assumed it was him. Um, so I sat down again and was like bummed out and, uh, you know, didn't know what to think at the time. And then I sat there for probably 30 seconds or 40 seconds. And I thought, you know what? I just, I, I think he's still there. I just, I just don't want to believe that was him. And so I look through my scope in the same area again, and I don't see anything. I'm like, man, you know, he uh, he did run off. I can't believe that. You know, I just blew my opportunity again. And so I just sat there another couple minutes, and then right before I was going to call today and tell the guys, you know, he's fair game now. I blew my chance. You know, I, I appreciate all you guys letting me try to have this opportunity to get him and all that. Um, I looked yeah. one more time, and at that point, he, he bedded down. I saw this brown butt bed down again. Um, and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, that's, I think that's him again. That's the same big old butt and everything else. And this time when he bedded down, he was quartered to me a lot better and I could see his vitals, right? in his whole head. I could see everything. I could see his whole front. And nice. Oh man, it was the craziest thing ever. I, I mean, same thing, same emotions. I just, I didn't know what to do. And it had been at this point, it had been almost 30 minutes of this whole fiasco of me trying to get a shot. Do I crawl? Do I not? What do I do? Trying to find something to help hold my gun up. And then at this point I can hold my own gun up and look at him, but I'm shaking so bad just from Oof. the nerves and the adrenaline and my arms. I think I, they were just shot, you know, I was dead tired. I was weak as could be. And so I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't take this shot because I'm going to miss. I mean, I'm shaking like a leaf. This is terrible. And so anyways, I uh, looked down and I found there's two sticks on the ground. And the first one I picked up, there's, it's pretty big. You know, it's probably, I don't know, eight or nine inches round. It just came up and had two big knots on the end, you know? So I thought, Oh, I'll set my gun in that. I'll wedge it in these rocks that I was using, you know, to shield my noise and stuff. And I put the first one on there and it was dead. You had broken half. Mm. I thought, Oh my gosh, you know, he didn't hear me. He's still just bedded down, you know, just looking. I'm like, okay. 
So I picked the other one up and I set it in there. And this time when I looked through there, I could, I could see him. My gun was a dead rest. Um, I felt good and I thought, okay, you know, this is going to be it. And worked on my breathing for about 20, 30 seconds, maybe. And I don't know how long it was and until I was comfortable enough, you know, and I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take this shot. I, I, yeah. I feel good about it. And then I uh, pulled the trigger. And when I pulled the trigger, you know, the gun kicked and, I looked back through the scope and all I saw was him stand up kind of bound off. Now I don't watch deer do that very often ever. And, but yeah. just the way he did it to me, I thought, man, he looks like he might've been hit. You know, he just kind of looked like it hurt him. So I thought, okay, you know, maybe I hit him and this might be good. And I didn't, you know, he's in that thick row. He was gone. The second he got up, I didn't see him anymore. Um, yeah. I, I text the guys all text me like, Oh man, did you, is that you? And I said, yeah, did you get him? I'm like, I have no idea. He got up and ran off. I have, I have no idea. I'm like, you know, I, the shot felt good. Um, everything about it felt good, but I have no idea if I got him or not. He's gone. He, he ran. So they said, you know, stay put, we'll come help you track him and all that. So, okay. So anyways, I texted him. I said, I'm gonna go where I thought he was bedded down at and, uh, see if I can see some sign or something. And they said, okay, cool. So, I went up there where I thought he was and uh, I, I couldn't find anything, no blood, no nothing, no bed, no hair, anything. Mm. I'm just like at a loss. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I missed. There was like one little tiny sapling. I mean, two feet tall, if that, in between me and him, right? Skinny, skinny yeah. pencil. And I knew I was like, well, if my bullet hits that, it might be bad, but I'm not even pretending it's there. You know, because the chances of it actually hitting that slim to none. Well, then I'm thinking, well, maybe I hit that. I don't know. I mean, I don't understand what's going on. But then my buddies finally came walking through there. And one of them said, uh, is that where you got last blood? And I was like, last blood? I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't even have first blood, you know. And they're like, is that where you got last blood? And I was like, no. I said, I don't have any blood, you know. I'm like, what? And they're like, we got a huge pile of blood here and, and a bed. And I was like, what? And they were 30 yards, you know, farther ahead than where I was. and. I guess my depth perception was off or something. And, you know, after I shot, you know, in those woods where I thought he was, he was actually a little bit farther away yet. Wow. So, yeah. So I went over there and thought, oh, sure enough. Yeah, that is where he was at. And there was good blood. There was entry blood, exit blood. And it was super dark. Um, and I was like, man, okay, I don't really know what kind of blood that is. It's definitely not lung blood. So that's not real good. Um, but yeah. I mean, I knew he was hit pretty hard, so I, I thought he was anyways, but now I'm thinking he is for sure. Um, so we start tracking the blood, and it's weird. It's like a big pile of some dark blood, and then all you know, all of a sudden, there'd be this little bit of like bubble blood, and you know, it looks like lung blood. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. And I feel good. I'm like, yeah, let's keep looking. And then we'd see some more of the dark stuff again. I was like, I don't know what that, you know, it's just weird looking. And so I was like, you know, we need to, at this point, I'm like, having a panic attack on I'm just freaking out. And I'm like, man, we should just, why don't we just take 10, wait for the other buddy that wasn't there yet and just hang out and see, yeah. you know, and then we can try again and try to find him because the blood was getting more scarce. And I was just like, Oh man, I don't know. And anyway, so they said, okay, sounds good. And I put my hand on a tree and we were headed, you know, say we were headed at a three o'clock direction and I put my hand on a tree and just rested and I turned my head and looked back to nine o'clock and <clears throat> there he was laying down. He was 20 yards away. <laughs> and I said, yeah. uh, we don't have to look anymore. And they were all like, what, what do you mean? You know, they're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, they're like, do you see him? I said, yeah, he's, he's right over there. He's dead. 
And then we went up there and I called my son. I think I FaceTimed him, which was crazy because I don't remember that conversation. I was just so amped up. Later that day, I was talking to him um, on the phone and he's like, yeah, dad, you already, already, you already told me all this. I was, you were FaceTiming me when you found the deer. And I was like, oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, it was it was insane. We were all just, you know, so happy and it worked out and it was awesome. Called my dad. He came, brought the four wheeler and helped us all uh, get him out of the woods. And you get a weight on him. Do what? Oh, you know you, what? We, we did not. No, I didn't. Yeah. Not. The big, the big boy I got this year, we did not get a weight on. Yeah. Me either. But I had, to, I changed up plans and got a, um, weight wench quint thing so when we yeah. actually weigh the next one sweet we'll have that already set up we'll know the weight on it and everything yeah yeah i need to i need to get one of those because uh yeah i definitely i did not weigh him <laughs> i need to remember to bring uh god lord paracord with me yeah to drag because when i pop my deer this year he had, I was about 30 yards away and he had sniffed out a doe and she had came through and I saw nothing but antlers after he grunted like four times. And he just looked up, walked through a little bit more and their branches had shaped in such a way that his vitals were perfectly aligned in there. Nice. And it was during, it was during archery late, uh, early, just before the day or so before gun season, it was on veterans day. Okay. And so I was using my crossbow and I had set it up in the blind my stepdad and I had built and because it's on his land. So it's a little bit suburban. So you got to make a good shot or you're not going to yeah. be getting a deer. <laughs> and so I aimed and took and I just said, there's both of his lungs. And I had been hunting the entirety of November, October. So I had been calmed down enough and also been caught enough by the, the big mama doe that's been the area so i'm i'm dead he's dead to rights and i popped <laughs> him and he does a 180 and it goes through both lungs literally later at the necropsy i look at his uh left lung and that thing is completely opened up oh nice he went 20 yards in and i hear and i stopped and the doe comes back looking at him and i'm thinking can i get another shot and i go to and then i hear crash and she just takes off and i'm thinking crap he just left uh -huh. the county <laughs> so i wait and calm down because i actually am shaking then yeah and so i give it about 15 minutes and i'm like okay i'm just gonna sneak over there and see if i can find some blood and it's a it's kind of weird the way that is, is it's a complete brushy area, except my stepdad's been working in to open up the area a little bit, you know, uh -huh. get rid of some of that dense vegetation. So I walk back a little bit, seeing if I can see anything. And I look up and he is flat on his side or back toes in the air. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to give him a little bit. So <laughs> I run back up to the house and I'm like, yeah, he's, he's going to be dead. Yeah. That's awesome. And, so I had to drag him across grass, no less, by myself for a little bit. And yeah. it was troublesome for me. Yeah. I yeah, imagine. he is a, that deer was as big as me. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's the way, that's the way mine was too. That was uh, definitely over my 10 pound limit. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm up to 20 pounds right now. So, hey, it's a success. Now you <laughs> yeah. can hold a shotgun for yeah. squirrel season. Exactly. So, I'm uh, improving there every little bit. I get to go back to the neurologist again um, next month. And so, I'm hoping uh, maybe I'll be off of the uh, weight restrictions and maybe the thinners and stuff, but we'll see. Yeah. You know, but either way, it's like I said, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't personally feel like I have, um, you know, disabilities and issues and all this stuff. You know, my friends and family support me so much and I have adjusted, you know, in therapy, it was all about learning to compensate. And I think everybody in my life has learned to compensate to where I've, it's, you know, even my partner with work, like he is, you know, everyone, just all the guys they grab all the heavy stuff. Like they just are do it. You know, it's almost like, it's, it's almost like this is the way I've been forever. Um, yeah, and so it's it's cool. It works out well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I personally feel bad sometimes. I'm just wish I could do that kind of stuff and help and do you know do a few more things than I actually can. But um, you know, I'm grateful for every single thing I actually can do. And it's you know, like I said, I don't ever look at anything as um, as that way. And I'm just like I said, I'm grateful that I that I can do it, and I have such a good support system that um, I don't even realize I have weight restrictions and stuff like that. Cause I don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So, that's, good. that's actually very cool. And I'm just wondering, did the doctors tell you that you will eventually be able to just be able to con- do what you did before prior to the stroke or they said, um, no, they, uh, they just keep telling me at the next appointment, we'll reevaluate and see, <laughs> I'm not, I'm probably not the best patient because I want to be back to normal. And so I'm constantly like bugging them and asking them and like, what can I do? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? And they're like, why do you have to? And I'm like, well, I guess technically I don't, but I just want to. And, um, so they, I think finally just to make me quieter, like, Hey, here in another three months, we'll check it again. Or in six months, we'll see again. Um, see how what plays out. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know for sure. They have not told me that. Yeah, someday you're going to be a, you know, 100% back to normal. Now that that hasn't come out yet. Um, yeah. You know, the things they did of- say is that after a year, which has obviously been over a year, that's the max best time for healing of the brain. And then, um, you know, up to, you know, the next, next year, this next year, I can still have some pretty good healing, hopefully, um, and things like that. And then, you know, after that, it, um, I think, you know, things can happen and you can, but it's just probably a slower, slower process. And I mean, honestly, the first six months was just the most craziest amount of, of healing for me that, um, that I think anyone could, could have hoped for or asked for or prayed for or anything. It's just been, uh, been its own little miracle. Yeah. It sounds like it. And that's a, it's great that you were able to, and I'm going to use my tagline a little bit here, adapt to yeah. the circumstances and overcome it all yeah. and just prove that you can still get out in the woods and keep moving forward. Yeah. So got any uh, big plans for big trips or just still more bucks? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just keep hunting the, hunting the big bucks. I'm, uh, I'm already watching the cameras this year and starting to see some, you know, velvet popping out. Um, Get excited! Got a couple that look like they might might be pretty good. A couple we didn't shoot last year. They were hoping that they survived, and if they did, yeah. they ought to be pretty decent. So, 
I'm excited to, to see what happens. But yeah, I will definitely be um, spending time in the woods. Um, that's, you know, another thing I did learn is that, you know, I mean, life's not a guarantee. You know, this could, you could not wake up tomorrow and, uh, you know, do, do what you love. And, um, yeah. you know, I love hunting. I love being in the woods. And so with any free time that I do have and I'm able to, that's, that's where I want to be and what I want to do. So you plan on doing an elk hunt later on life or man? Yeah. You know, if, if I can get this, uh, restriction lifted and all that other stuff, I would, I definitely will. I mean, I probably still could do it easily. I would just feel bad for whoever went with me and had to carry all my crap around the whole time. <laughs> well, I do know a couple of nonprofits that could help out with that if you want them. Yeah, no, that'd be great. But yeah, yeah. no, it's definitely, um, yeah, no, you know, anything like that would be, you know, that's a, that's a dream of mine, but, um, yeah, the whitetail, whitetail hunting at my family's farm is, that's, that's my, that's my jam. Yeah. Hey, being able to bag a 200 class, anything right after six, what, six months after having a Let's stroke? Uh, 10 months. 10 months after, well, 10 months having, <laughs> after having a stroke in the same year. Yeah. That's pretty impressive no less i mean i know a guy who had spinal bifida and he bagged a bear wow so heck yeah yeah so i know some pretty cool people and it's great to be able to know you man and yeah, it has good. been it's been fun talking to you and learning about you and i hope that this year brings great tidings with another big old deer for you thank you More sir meat in the freezer yeah and and I hope that you have a great recovery. Do you want to plug any social media uh, or no, not much of a social media guy? No, just the same thing. You know, I just want to thank all my family and friends, my wife and kids and everybody who uh, partner, everybody that's put up with me and um, helped me out so much. And, um, you know, even all my cousins. I mean, I had people picking me up, taking me to therapy every single day. Um and picking me up and taking me to lunch, bringing me lunch, um, you know, and, and the people at therapy, they were amazing. Um, so that's my, that's my shout outs just to everyone again. And thank them all for, for letting me be able to even have this opportunity to be with you because it wasn't for all them and all their help. I'd probably still be in the hospital bed or, you know, who knows? Yeah. So, yeah, I know a few things about that sort of thing. So, <laughs> yeah, well, Thank you for coming on and thank you for telling us your story and dealing with my bad teeth for today. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, remember everyone, stay adaptive.